you would completely die of embarrassment if anybody found out. And let's face it, you'll vulnerably admit a lot of things, but this is the one truth that you kind of keep to yourself. I'm talking about feelings of loneliness. It's so bad and is plaguing so many of us that they're now officially referring to us as the loneliness generation. Yep, just Google it. So I'm going to explain four actionable things you can do to feel a little less lonely in this season of your life, as well as some mindsets you should probably adopt. And then I'm going to explain how these feelings of loneliness are impacting our friendships. You're tuned in to Give It A Rest, the podcast, where we're giving tough love truths for the sisterhood. I'm your host, Danielle Byer-Jackson, certified friendship expert and author of the book, Give It A Rest, The Case for Tough Love Friendships. And when it comes to misunderstandings and complications within our female friendships, I am here to help you through it. Whenever I'm asked to officially speak on loneliness at a speaking engagement or some kind of workshop, I like to begin the discussions by making one thing clear. Loneliness is generally defined as feelings of social isolation. And the reason why the feelings part is important is because loneliness itself is relative. And you've seen this before. You've got the person who has tons of friends and somehow still in the midst of that large network, they still feel as if they're by themselves. And then you have people who are alone in a cabin in the woods who feel completely content and fulfilled. So that's why the relative part is so important. And currently, right now, they're saying that millennial women track as lonelier than everyone else. And the reasons shouldn't surprise us. One, the pandemic, obviously. Two, constant exposure to and comparison of our friends' lifestyles via social media. Three, in the past 50 years, the number of solo households have doubled. So more women are living alone than ever before. Four, women who are in their late 20s to early 40s-ish were in a major period of milestones, or at least expected milestones. Buying a house, having a car, having children, getting married, advancing in your career, that's all supposed to happen right now. And if we find ourselves not conquering those particular milestones according to the timeline that's been laid out for us, we might feel behind and then we'll feel by ourselves and our feelings of being behind. And then finally, another reason might be the fact that everything has gradually become digitized and we're the generation who watched it happen. So the things that we were raised to believe should be community endeavors like bowling leagues and eating together at the dinner table are slowly being replaced by digital equivalents. And we're trying to cope with how to reconcile our feelings for community with our reality of everything being digital. And then why are we addressing loneliness in a podcast about friendship? Well, for a couple of reasons. One, people often think that the solution to loneliness is to get more friends. And I'll explain why that's just not true. Two, our feelings of loneliness impact the way we begin new friendships. And three, loneliness drives our behavior and impacts the way we operate within the friendships that we already have in terms of what we expect from our friends and what we end up settling for. So if all this is true, it's worth taking some time to figure this thing out.
Loneliness is a matter of connection, not quantity of friendships. And that leads me to my first strategy for combating loneliness. And I call that strategy holding up the target line. I tend to challenge lonely coaching clients to start small by sustaining conversations with their Starbucks barista, their bank teller, their target cashier, and sustaining the conversation by just one more minute. Simply making eye contact with your neighbor and then introducing yourself can instantly make you feel less lonely. Try to resist the temptation to hide behind your phone and instead maximize your interactions with the everyday people that you meet. Why? Because again, loneliness is not about how many friends you have. It's about feeling connected. And this small gesture, this one minor change will help you to feel more seen. Those little exchanges will confirm what you know intellectually to already be true, that you are not alone. So let's manage our expectations here, though. This is about your action, not their reception. And I say this in almost every coaching session that I have when I close our conversation with two to three assignments or action steps, because I'll assign something for the woman I'm talking to to do and sometimes she'll say okay that sounds good but what if the person rejects me or what if they the key is it's not about them it's about you doing what you can control I'd also like to add this about connecting with new people and strangers I want to turn this around on its head sometimes it's about reconnecting with friendships that have disappeared or dissolved for some reason or time or distance just got in the way Recently, we had an episode about reconnecting with old friends, and I had women who called in and left voicemails to explain to me how they go about it and what the experience has been. I think it's really great if you are the first person to reach out and make that contact. I think a lot of people can assume that the other person doesn't want to mend the relationship and or just, you know, reconnect. I think in our life, we're going busy, busy, busy. And a lot of people, you know, just disconnect or, you know, break apart because there is different seasons in life. And it's not always because they want to end a friendship, but just because they have so much going on. And any time that I've ever reached out to a friend uh, that I wanted to reconnect with, it's always been met with the same exact message of, yes, I would love to reconnect. Um, So I think just don't be scared to be the first one to make the move. So if you find yourself in a season of loneliness, you're probably feeling a bit reflective about friendships that have passed. But I encourage you to maybe take some time to think about one or two women who you actually miss and you want to reconnect with and finding the courage to reach out and say so. My second strategy for combating loneliness is to not quit on yoga. Now, the most common suggestion we often hear is join a club, take a class, go meet new people. And yes, that's still a very good way to meet people. And I understand that during quarantine, there are virtual versions of this very thing. But there's one point that those advisors are failing to make. The trick is not in going to a yoga class. The key is to keep going. One key ingredient in the formation of new friendships is repeated exposure. So too often, we'll try something new in an effort to meet new people, and then we set strict expectations. Ugh, if I don't make friends when I go tonight, then I'm not going anymore. But when our initial class doesn't immediately result in instant friendships, 
we grow discouraged and then we resolve to stay home next time. But I encourage you to one, keep attending the class and two, engage once you're there. One thing I'll say too is everyone you meet doesn't have to be a potential best friend. I listened to this in a book by Shasta Nelson, who is um, also a friendship expert. And she argues that sometimes as women, we're secretly auditioning our best friends. And whenever she does something that turns us off, or if she chooses in a way that's different from what we would have chosen, then we dismiss her, or we write her off, or we, you know, take her name off of the list of potential candidates. And we've got to stop doing that. It's possible that, let's say, as a new mom, you need new mom friends. And it's okay that they don't become your besties. But just having somebody in that particular category who helps you feel understood, well, that's what we need sometimes to combat loneliness, is to feel known, to feel seen, and to feel understood. So to put the pressure on one person to understand you in every way is unfair. So just kind of get from them what it is you need. Be a support system for that new mom and you kind of take from her the advice you need, the understanding and compassion you need as a new mom as well. And the reason I'm focusing on moms is this. There was a recent survey by the Women's Health Interactive And it found that before the pandemic, 17% of women with children reported feeling lonely. Now, that number has skyrocketed to 55%. So you might be thinking, well, gosh, she has a family. She has her kids. Right. But sometimes loneliness is about feeling like you're isolated. You're by yourself. No one else understands what I'm going through. And for a lot of moms, you know, myself included, we're locked in the house with our family. And to some extent, you know, yes, that is a blessing. It really is. But if you feel overwhelmed by balancing work, or if you have to constantly show up and wipe noses, and you feel like, you know, your husband doesn't exactly understand the mental labor, the emotional labor of doing that work all day, we can feel by ourselves in our own homes. So I say all that to say, I encourage you to connect with people who have a small amount of similarity and understanding in a certain way so you feel less lonely, but not putting the pressure of that person to be your best friend and get you in every way because that's just not going to be possible. Now, this third tip for combating loneliness is going to inspire an eye roll but I'm going to ask you to hang with me here it is put your phone away you have to decrease your time on social media now here are two caveats yes I understand we're in quarantine so everybody's little notification on their phone that tells you how much time you spent on your phone it's going up okay it's a little more than average that makes sense also for those of us who work and manage a business or manage the marketing or social media components of a business, we're finding ourselves, you know, needing social media. We have to check in because, you know, it's a metric we're tracking for our job or for our clients and I get all that. But seriously, while social media has become the scapegoat for many of our current emotional ails, it's not without reason. Several studies are now linking sadness, anxiety, and overall dissatisfaction for our lives to our use of social media. Now, this doesn't have to be extreme, but where you'd normally take a 30-minute scroll before bed, opt to read a book instead, or reorganizing your jewelry. Seriously, one of the worst times to be active on social media is before bed. It increases your anxiety and depression and sends you to sleep with thoughts that are sadder than you would have had if you had abstained. And there's tons of research as well that says you'll just get better sleep if you're not in front of a screen directly before going to bed. 
Now, we also know that social media allows us to monitor more than ever what everybody else is doing. And it goes back to what I listed earlier about feeling like we're behind and certain adulting milestones or wondering why somebody else is able to do something, but we're not able to do something and then feeling deficient in some way because of that. Well, don't expose yourself to that temptation as often. And the final piece of advice for feeling a little less lonely is more of a mindset than a strategy. And that is to keep perspective. It is critical to remember that loneliness is a feeling. It is something that will pass with time. If you hold fast to the truth that loneliness is a part of the human experience, it will help you to gain perspective. The most dangerous thing you can do is to begin to think you're the only person who's feeling the way that you do or to confuse your loneliness with your self-worth. So instead of thinking, I feel lonely, but I know that that will change soon, of us will think, why am I lonely? Is it because I'm not interesting or likable? What's wrong with me? Why don't I have more friends? Keep heart. Seasons of loneliness can spur you to necessary introspection, but it's not a mark of who you are, just where you are for a period of time. So when you're lonely, it's nice to know that you're not alone in feeling that way. Look for ways to stay connected to the world around you and you'll slowly feel more attached, more seen, and more in union with the people around you. I've noticed a lot of us staying in friendships that are not healthy for us because we're scared of losing that particular friend and being by ourselves. So if we figure out a way to mentally get comfortable with seasons of loneliness, then it won't do things like inspiring us to maintain things that are toxic or stay in romantic relationships that are not for us. But loneliness drives a lot of our poor decisions within our relationships with other people. We tolerate behaviors that we shouldn't because we don't want to be abandoned and left alone. Okay, we seek friendships with people who are not uh, right for us, who can't pour into us because it's so much better than being alone. Okay, so it's about getting comfortable and being alone. It's about finding ways to combat loneliness itself. So it's not either or either this toxic friendship or I'll be lonely. And this is why it's important to kind of talk at the intersection of the two. Something that helps me is I often go to the book of Psalms in the Bible um, and I look and I read way back in Bible times when people who are faithful people to God are saying, God, I am so lonely. Why are you hiding your face from me? God, I'm by myself. Because sometimes it helps to remind ourselves you're not the first person to feel this way. And if people are praying honestly and saying, God, I feel so alone. I need you to help me. Where are you? Why are you hiding from me? There's unity in knowing that this is a universal and timeless experience. It's a part of the overall human experience and it is temporary. If we can keep our mind believing those things, then we will be okay. today's episode was helpful for you, I'd love for you to come tell me about it over on the Facebook group called the Give It a Rest Podcast After Party. You can also hear me run my mouth and give other unsolicited advice regarding your friendships on Instagram at Danielle Byer Jackson, formerly at Girl Give It a Rest. So now I've switched my handle and would love to see you over there. And as always, you can listen to more episodes and read some of our research-based articles over at giveitarestmovement.com. I can't wait to see you over there. Thank you.